mystery in our history. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Mystery in Our History podcast, where we take an in-depth look at all things urban legend and conspiracy theory related, and how they came to be. I'm J.R. Supa, that's Chris Berry, and here we go. And actually, before we get started, um, don't adjust your screens. If you're wondering why Chris Berry looks like a wizard, it's because it's negative 14 degrees out there in New Hampshire, and Chris refuses to put on the heat in the house. I'm too cheap. I got a fireplace. It's good. So his family is huddled around the fireplace for warmth <laughs> while Chris is committing to the podcast and <laughs> freezing while he records. Listen, we got blankets. We got the we got the stove running. All right. I don't want to turn on the oil. Oil's expensive. I get it. Whatever. Also, it is- this week's episode is not sponsored by Bud Light Seltzer. No. But, however, I uh, I was I was watching to shout out over there. I was listening to Can, Can I Finish right before we jumped on here. Um, did not know that we had a thousand listens on iTunes. That's oh, great. Yeah. yeah, we have over um, uh, pretty, pretty well over a thousand. I think we're at like 1,300 now. Nice, nice, dude. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's uh, that's that was exciting to hear, and um, and then I saw you guys were doing the Pixar theory, and then immediately went, "You son of a bitch, both of you." <laughs> couldn't even Skype. Couldn't even Skype your friend Chris into honest, the show, Chris, huh? I don't know how to have two mics and a Skype. I'm still working mm. out the logistics. Okay, um, we'll get there however, one day. Pixar theory is not really conspiracy theory, though. Because the conspiracy, no, I agree. remember we talked about it on last week's episode. The conspiracy theory has some kind of malice in it, yeah. And Pixar theory is just some people with way too much time on their hands that were like, "Hmm, all this seems to be working," in, you know, part of the same universe. Oh, totally, totally. It's it's fun though, man. I, I've I've gotten behind the Pixar theory once or twice. It's it's pretty yeah. good. I look forward to listening to the rest of that episode. So, well, go check and, go check out. Can I finish? By the way, if you haven't. <laughs> Um, and, you know, just a little announcement, too. We are now – we switched over our servers, um, which, you know, we apologize for not having episode 27 come out on time. Uh, but we switched our servers, and now everything associated with 4Guys Media is going to also be on iTunes and Spotify and probably, like, Google Music and all that stuff. Um, anywhere that will take our RSS feed, I'm going to put it in. Beautiful. No, that's that's great so, news as well. Yeah, so I'm, we're really <laughs> pumped about that. Um, but actually, that you bring up Pixar theory, it made me remember the that I was like flipping through Netflix the other day, mm-hmm. and I came across the original Blade Runner movie with Harrison Ford. Oh, so it is on there, huh? It's on oh, Netflix. Yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is, is that reboot's not. But anyway, so I watched the original Blade Runner. The reboot. I see what you say. I yeah. thought you meant the show reboot, like the old no, cartoon. No, reboot. The like, show is on there, too. Yeah. But it's no, the it's, it's the reboot of reboot. Yeah, they rebooted reboot. I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so I watched um, Blade Runner. And for those of you who haven't seen Blade Runner, um, I, I, it's been 
40 years. So spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and if you haven't seen the one with Ryan Gosling in it that was made in 2017, essentially the premise of the movie is in the 21st century, um, a corporation develops human clones to be used as slave labor in colonies outside of Earth. And they're identified as replicants. And in 2019, a former police officer hired as a Blade Runner to hunt down a fugitive group of clones living uh, undercover in Los Angeles. Sounds like a great premise. I have actually never seen Blade Runner myself. It's a good movie. It's funny, though, because, like, this movie is taking place. The 1982 version is taking place in 2019. And it's just so funny like how futuristic they make everything and it's 2019 and yada 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 and then all of a sudden you're like did he just use a payphone yeah yeah <laughs> that's amazing because there's always if you look at those movies there's always one piece of tech that they like overlook yep or they don't count on and they never so, think to like, advance that right yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't hold water like it doesn't hold water <laughs> for the future that's so funny dude now i gotta check that out maybe i'll watch that tonight it's a really really good movie um essentially so these replicants are equal to or superior to humans in every way except they don't have proper emotional development because they only live for four years as a safeguard so the blade runners are trained to identify them because it's hard to tell the difference that's actually really cool yeah they ask like special questions and stuff like that nice have you seen both of them or have you only seen? I have seen both. Um, the one with Ryan oh. Gosling's okay. It, the nice yeah. thing was is it was a continuation of the story reboot, gotcha. as opposed to let's just do this all over again. Do it again. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. But the movie got me thinking: how close are we to this actually happening? Not so much the futuristic society, but the actual like have these androids already been invented? And what, if any, are the conspiracies, like, surrounding this technology? So that's the premise for this week's episode. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not sure if they exist, but, I mean, dude, there are so many conspiracies, it it kind of blows my mind. So I'm happy to, like, dive right into that. Well, so we're going to discuss some of the conspiracies surrounding tech and AI, as well as some of the potential routes technology may be headed for. Now, before we even get started, I know that there's, like, the robots and stuff out there that everybody's seen on the news um, that, like, are having conversations and have the realistic face but the weird robot Mm -hmm. head and stuff like that. I didn't go into that. Yeah, that's a whole other animal even. Right. I mean, those are are straight-up androids. That's – but my thing is is that everybody – who watches the news at all has like heard of those so we tapped into um we took a different route with this episode but it's it's still unreal like what we were able to discover yeah nice so let's start with the ai takeover okay right because that's that's what everybody's afraid of Definitely, definitely. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm terrified of it. <laughs> so an AI ta- uh, takeover is a hypothetical scenario in which artificial intelligence, or AI, becomes the dominant form of intelligence on Earth, with computers or robots effectively taking control of the planet away from the human species. Possible scenarios include replacement of the entire human workforce, takeover by a superintelligent AI, and the popular notion of a robot uprising. 
some public figures such as Stephen Hawking and Elon Musk have advocated research into precautionary measures to ensure future superintelligent machines remain under human control. Robot rebellions have been a major theme throughout science fiction for many decades through the scenarios dealt with by science fiction. I'm sorry, though the scenarios dealt with by science fiction are generally very different from those of concern to scientists, which we'll get into later in the episode. Nice. Laying down that roadmap for future episodes, so that that gets me pumped up. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) So in fiction... You have scenarios like the Terminator movies, right, where an AI called Skynet becomes self-aware and takes over the world. Another scenario is that of the Matrix trilogy. Humans are farmed and genetically reproduced to serve the machine overlords. Exactly. And, like, I mean, you know, everyone out there, you could just kind of, like, watch those movies and prep for this robotic uprising. I know I've been doing my homework. But, um... In all seriousness, though, the first and second Terminator are some of my favorite movies. Dude, Terminator kinda... Two was it was awesome. Terminator Two is great, but like I'm also in the house of like I love Terminator One. And Terminator I, One was I, good, absolutely. Yeah. I just think Terminator Two was better. It was a superior movie for sure, for sure. But the first one, man, it's got that horror yeah, aspect that I like it of it. It does yeah. have the the sense of doom as opposed to just like action. Yeah, yeah, but um, both both great. Yeah. Now, shows like Black Mirror routinely take a fictional look at these dark technological scenarios, but the show might not actually be so far-fetched. No, dude, I'm sleeping on that one. That makes me... I I gotta get on it, because it's, like, in my wheelhouse. The first episode of Black Mirror will mess you up. I saw the first two episodes, and I liked it a lot, and then never touched it again. Oh, I I don't watch it um, religiously, that's my travel show. Well, that like, makes sense. Those are the ones I download onto my iPad and I watch like when I'm on a plane or in a car ride or something where we're going a long distance. That's my travel show. That's weird. I like to travel with a little bit of horror. <laughs> I see that, huh? Just a little <laughs> bit of like uh, t- taking you down a notch. I too like to live dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, you're at 19. <laughs> God, I just watched that movie not too long ago too. God, this is this new mo- movie podcast, everyone. So uh, we're just all right, just buckle in. We're gonna talk movies for the rest of this podcast. Right. Well, <laughs> there are countless other scenarios throughout pop culture that contribute to AI conspiracies. Take for example, iRobot, the 2004 movie, supercomputer Vicky, her interpretation of the quote unquote three laws of robotics causes her to revolt. She justifies her use of force and her doing harm to humans by reasoning she could produce a greater good by restraining humanity from harming itself. Even though the zeroth law, quote-unquote, a robot shall not injure humanity or by inaction allow humanity to come to harm, is never actually referred to or even quoted in the movie. That's so weird. I wonder why they chose to neglect that from the movie. Um, Because I think that the three laws kind of summed it up. Okay. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. so let's get into it, right? So for anyone asking themselves what the three ro- uh, laws of robotics are, you're in luck because I'm going to tell you. Yeah, thank goodness. Because I, I did wake up this morning and I was like, I, I could really use a quick rundown of those three laws of robotics before my day's end. Um, Coming at but you. But <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I actually don't know what they are. So I'm... All right. So the first law. A robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. 
So which like, is, which is essentially like the same thing as the zeroth law, but it's yeah. the zeroth law is humanity as a whole, and this one just morphed it into a single human. Gotcha. So like, if it can prevent harm, it has to correct, basically. and it okay. can't cause any harm. Gotcha. The second law. A robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. So you can't order a robot to harm another person. Okay. Okay. Good, good. But if you order a robot to do anything else, it has to. It has to. Okay. That makes sense. Except for the third law. A robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second laws. Cool. Okay. So that's that's interesting that they keep tacking the laws on the end of these each law. Like it's like a like right. um, uh, God, what's it called? Like a like an order. It's a, it's a hierarchy. Like, it's of coding. Laws. Yeah, it's yeah. coding. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's exactly it, what it, it is. is. Yeah. Wow. That's. It's essentially just a really complex if statement. Yeah. Exactly. Now, keep in mind that this is all fiction. The laws of robotics and everything. It's all fiction. <laughs> but it's mo- what most of these conspiracies are based on. Okay, yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, th- I thought I knew more about this subject than I did, but I, I'm kind of a little bit in the dark here, so this is <laughs> this is shaping out to be a lot of fun. All right, well, according to Eliza Yudkowsky, Yida- uh, a significant problem is that unfriendly artificial intelligence is likely to be much easier to create than friendly AI. While both require large advances in recursive optimization, process design, friendly AI also requires the ability to make goal structures invariant under self-improvement, or the AI could transform into something unfriendly. And a goal structure that aligns with human values and does not automatically destroy the entire human race. Now, an unfriendly, AI, uh, an unfriendly AI, on the other hand, can optimize for an arbitrary goal structure which does not need to be invariant under self-motivation. What does that mean? It's easier to make unfriendly AI because there's less steps and less rules. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I was thinking actually the opposite when I read that. I was thinking it was uh, easier to make a good over evil, mm-hmm. but that the good can get soured and eventually become evil um by having like bad experiences kind of like what humans do it's like you know you like uh for instance like i i used to not like dogs i had bad experiences as a kid Mm -hmm. um so uh, sour dogs for a long way for me yep um until i got my own but yeah so but yes essentially making a, a aggressive uh or an unfriendly ai is way easier and it's also much harder to prevent a good ai from going bad Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Just So the sheer complexity of human value systems makes it very difficult to make AI's motivations human-friendly. And unless moral philosophy provides us with a flawless ethical theory, an AI's utility function could allow for many potentially harmful scenarios that conform with a given ethical framework, but not common sense. Yudkowsky goes on to state... There's little response to suppose that an artificially designed mind would have such an adaptation. That's interesting. Okay. I actually never even thought of it in that light because um, humans have that uh, that moral struggle within the, mm-hmm. the common sense part that you're talking about. Like, the for devil instance, and the angel. Right. Like, like, for instance, like, is it bad to steal? Well, if you ask an AI, it just says, yes, stealing is bad. But however, 
What if you're stealing to feed your family uh, and not for monetary value? Now, is it really bad to steal? Well, still, it's wrong, but you're feeding your family. So is it evil, right. per se? Not really. You're not doing it to get rich. You're doing it to survive. So the the, the that's so interesting, JR. It's just it's the episode. It's getting, like, it's getting deep, man. Yeah. It's just thinking of that. Like, it's because uh, robots just can't. I get well. Yeah, it's just damn, dude. It's yeah. It's it's a very. This is a very complicated. Um, yeah, topic. it's getting the it's cog. It's getting the cog spinning. Yeah, yeah. So, physicist Stephen Hawking, Microsoft founder Bill Gates, and SpaceX founder Elon Musk have expressed concerns about the possibility that AI could develop to the point that humans could not control it. With Hawking theorizing. That this could, quote, spell the end of the human race. Stephen Hawking said in 2014 that, quote, success in creating AI would be the biggest event in human history. Unfortunately, it might also be the last unless we learn how to avoid the risks. Hawking believed that in the coming decades, AI could offer, quote, incalculable benefits and risks such as technology outsmarting financial markets, out inventing human researchers, out manipulating human leaders, and developing weapons we can't even understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so so like for instance, like we don't understand how the universe works. So but what if an AI who studied it in the depth of its own if lifetime we create a computer that's right. smart enough to do the calculations on its own, it right. could just outpace us and figure it out. Right. And then keep it a secret from us because what if it starts to think, okay, now overall, if these guys know how this works, that's bad. And I can't let harm come to them. Almost like you were saying in iRobot, yep. like the, it's the greater good sense uh, for the second law. So they just, you know, keep it a secret f- from us, f- you know, to prevent us from, from wiping ourselves out. Yeah. Or whatever it may be. God, that's so. That's it's so... crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So in January 2015, Nick Bostrom joined Stephen Hawking, Max Tegmark, Elon Musk, Lord Martin Rees, John Tallinn, and numerous AI researchers in signing the Future of Life Institute's open letter speaking to the potential risk and benefits associated with AI. The signatories, quote, believe that research on how to make AI systems robust and beneficial is both important and timely and that there are concrete research directions that can be pursued today, end quote. So let's talk about the nitty-gritty of this episode, the actual conspiracy aspect, not just the potential for yeah. doom. Yeah, yeah. That's why I came here, baby. Let's get this conspiracy cooking on up. All right. In <laughs> 2018, Linda Moulton Howe, gave a speech on 29 scientists who were killed in Japan by robots. Now, Howe is a Stanford graduate, as well as a former Miss Idaho, and has won awards in the 70s and 80s for her work at Denver, Atlanta, and Boston TV stations. So make no mistake, Howe is a legit journalist. Yeah, she sounds like a complete package, too. She's like, just... She's smart. She's like Miss Idaho, you know what I mean? Like, working on TV. Like, yeah, that's no, I mean, great. I don't know how hot you could be for being Miss Idaho. It's, I mean, it's still Idaho. But <laughs> you're, the, you're the hottest <laughs> potato in the field. Exactly. <laughs> but somewhere along the line, she also became fascinated by UFOs and conspiracy theories. 
Nice. How believes space aliens have visited Earth many times, but right now she's more concerned about robots created right here. She says the massacre of the scientists has been hushed up because, quote, the robotics company has too much to lose and the government wants AI robot soldiers, end quote. Just, okay, quick, quick sidebar. I'll keep this quick. AI soldiers. What's the point? I just, like, that's just one thing I never got. If if both nations are making robots to fight each other, how, like, how does that how does that get won? It's essentially just who runs depl- out of money first. Depletes, who depletes the, the resources first? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it has to be. Because, I mean, like, after I, like, that, what's I'm the not, point? Like, what's, what's right. the freaking point? Okay, I have robots, you have robots, my robots killed your robots, and now you just produced more robots to come kill my robots. Right, right. Because you... Like, it would be useless to send humans against a robot. I mean, it wouldn't be useless, I guess, but, like, it wouldn't be smart, for sure. Send like, in Rambo. Yeah. Oh, only God in heaven. John friggin' Rambo, baby. <laughs> Could possess a man <laughs> like Rambo. This is all, this whole thing, this whole story, is all apparently based on a phone interview that Hal conducted with someone allegedly from the CIA who told her, quote, this is serious shit, Linda, but you're not going to hear about it in the news, end quote. Now, keep in mind, someone as prominent as Hal can easily be a target for pranksters and nutjobs, and I'm not sure there was any evidence that this attack actually happened, hence the conspiracy. But there are details, but here are the details as Hal presented them. That's, that's such a cryptic call. Nice. Yeah. Quote, At a top robotics company in Japan this week, four robots being developed for military applications killed 29 humans in the lab. The scariest part is the lab workers deactivated two of the robots and took apart the third. But the fourth robot began restoring itself and somehow connected to an orbiting satellite to download information on how to rebuild itself even more strongly than before. What? Yup. Jesus. Again, there's been no real facts or evidence or anything that's come out other than her explaining this based on a phone call that she had. Now, we're going to supply you with the link so that you can watch the full speech. Yeah. Because dude, I watched it, and it's uh, it's like, holy, holy fuck, dude. Like, that yeah. is some serious shit. If that is for real, like, that is scary 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 i mean but also like what do you expect when you're making machines whose primary function is to eliminate humans correct or other robots to kill i mean i'm assuming i'm it's to end their primary purpose is to end so what do you expect them to do right because like i i can't imagine like if you're making robots for war i can't imagine that they're gonna have like a oh this is uh human like don't kill no they're gonna kill anything in their way you just it's a point and click and, and kill yeah. So. Woof. All right. So let's move on to the yeah. AI car conspiracy. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. Now, the most prevalent version indicates that the advent of AI self-driving cars is being done for evil purposes to harm humanity. It's being undertaken by powerful conspirators that are purposely seeking to subjugate humans to AI. First, AI will take over our cars. We will lose the ability to drive a car. We will become dependent on AI for our mobility. 
we won't be able to get around without the use of AI. Once this happens, the AI will grow from there. Step by step, AI will ultimately become sentient and we humans will become its slave. Interesting thought. I mean, it's a little I impressive, mean, but... Yeah, I, I was thinking, like, you can still get around by foot, but I mean... But, but I mean, far? still, it's... But now driving are getting places, right? It just becomes a service at that mm-hmm. point. Well, huh. let's talk about who benefits. Okay. Okay. The tech firms would presumably love to subjugate us all to technology. They adore technology more than they like people, or so we're led to believe. Right. Or, 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 could be that the automakers are doing this. Since they not only want us to buy their cars, they'd love to control where we go and what we do, presumably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, also, I know this is, like, dives in the deep end immediately but like it would be easy to take care of like problem people for sure like now could you imagine like like just for instance like paul walker and ryan dunn they died in car accidents they're two people that were famous celebrities could you imagine if they had died in a self-driving car accident the amount of i mean there's already conspiracies flying around with them driving you know what i mean like just imagine everything flying off the hook if it was a self-driving car like that like well, For sure, everyone would be like, it's a hit job. Funny you should bring up hit jobs, Chris, because <laughs> maybe it's the government. Mm. What better way to go towards Big Brother? Get us to use AI self-driving cars, and the next thing you know, they are controlling our minds. Now, some would say it's the AI community in particular. Many AI developers were earlier the butt of jokes as not uh, being able to produce intelligent automated systems. They got so upset that they decided to show us what can be done. Maybe it's a pride thing. Okay. Okay. It could maybe Mm -hmm. be an overarching evil cabal. That's it. The tech firms are in cahoots with the auto firms, which are in cahoots with the AI community, which are in cahoots with the government. And this is the grand conspiracy. All of these powerful factors, or I'm sorry, all of these powerful actors are co-conspirators, and they've plotted together for their evil doing. Yeah, that's where my chips are going to land, obviously. They just have to get us. Yeah, right? (laughs) Socialist. (laughs) Now, the source material for this particular conspiracy goes on to get a little aggressive, as if that wasn't aggressive enough, and spiral as the article goes on. So if you want to read more, we will have the link to the site in the description, and you can read the full article for yourself. But it does pose an interesting question. Why are the regulations on self-driving cars so minimal Hmm. when there is so much potential for something to go wrong with the car itself, never mind the conspiratorial outlying factors? Yeah. I mean, I'll give you a hint. I mean, it's, it's money, the hint. It's a straight up to feed the pockets of, of everyone else why would you put regulations when you're just feeding money into people's pockets right well you're not wrong chris yeah but i'm also not agreeing with you okay <laughs> it you should though because with with no evidence i present that's just right all right so let's talk about <laughs> that's fair let's talk about an article that i found by business insider okay in which scientists, technologists, and researchers were interviewed to, said, shed, to, said, to shed some light on dark technology scenarios that keep them up at night. So I want to oh. discuss some of them here. Now, these aren't conspiracies per se, 
but they are probably worse because these are even more likely to happen than just some conspiracy theory. Like, this is yeah, actually right. where stuff is headed. Yeah, right. Or maybe some of it's already happened, and we don't even know about it yet. That's 100% a possibility. So let's talk about the first one. Computers okay. could eventually learn to discriminate against human workers in the hiring <laughs> process. Oh, no. Yeah, dog. Thanks to modern machine learning, artificial intelligence can already defeat us at games like chess and go. Right. Yeah. That's so when one AI faces off against the other, they can both become so good that humans don't stand a chance of winning. Now, today, AI is helping people perform a vast number of tasks, everything from improving photos that they've taken or making grammar recommendations and word processing apps. Of course. And why no, JR? Because you're asking, I absolutely don't at all crutch myself on these uh, spelling and grammar checks on these things. Uh, not one bit. And uh, if I ever had to write something without it, I absolutely uh, wouldn't sound like a caveman. Um, like, at all. I'm so, sure and, and, be fine. And, and at f <laughs> in fact, I didn't make two errors at all in this document uh, typing that out. So, <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> Oh, well, this, this is the heart of Rob Petersheck's concern. Petersheck is principal consultant at Small Scale AI. And he's concerned that as job seekers start to rely on AI-based tools to write resumes, they'll inevitably be submitted to employers who are using their own AIs to help select candidates in the hiring process. That, and he goes on to say, the AI that is judging resumes has the effect of simultaneously training the AI that's writing resumes. This feedback loop means the resume writing AI has no opportunity to learn, I'm sorry, has an opportunity to learn from every submission. And eventually, it'll create resumes so likely to be selected that mere humans writing on their own can't possibly compete. All right, all right, I see what's going on. Uh, that's probably why I haven't been getting any calls lately from the resumes I've been throwing out around town. Um, I mean, I, I <laughs> sent them out. AI, man. Yeah, that's obviously happening because on paper, I'm quite the catch. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh -huh. Just, uh -huh. just you know, hire me if you're hiring anyone. Well, how about this scenario, Chris? Mm. A swarm of drones could easily obliterate America's infrastructure. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, the drones are already used for warfare, so... I'm not even talking about, like, the drones oh. that you see the army with right now that look like planes, but nobody's in them. Oh, shit. Yeah. Aside from being convenient for business, drones may pose a large security threat and can fly through domestic security loopholes like mosquitoes through a chain-link fence. That small, huh? I'm talking about those kind of drones. Oh, like a micro drone. Like the drones that you and I can go and spend 150 bucks at and, okay. get and, and fly around. Now, yeah. J. Luke Benecki is a 30-year-old veteran civil engineer who specializes in transportation engineering and doubles as a techno-thriller novelist. It's the vulnerability of our, nation, our national power infrastructure and how easily drones could attack it. That is what's keeping him awake at night. Yeah, I bet. Quote, it's very easy to set up thousands of drones that cost maybe $1,000 each. That's a couple million dollars, which is nothing for a terrorist. 
you can make a block of Semtex with homemade materials from Home Depot and the local market and affix it to the bottom of the drones. You can then fly with a pre-programmed route to crash into buildings, power plants, interchanges, whatever. That's so crazy. And, like, also, it can be used for any other parts of warfare, too, like espionage yep. or assassination or... Ooh. And that's why restrictions on drones are becoming more and more. Now anybody who has a drone and wants to use it, um, for example, I'm in real estate. I want to do drone photography on a house that I'm going to list, right, mm -hmm. so that you can see the beautiful property that it's sitting on. Well, guess what? The photographer that I have has to file a flight plan with the FAA. No way. To use that drone. They have to have a special drone license and make sure that it's okay to fly that drone on that day at that house. That's wild. That's absolutely wild. Yep. I didn't know it was that strict already. Because of that's, this that's scenario yeah, no, that's right good. here. Yeah. But what's to stop? Stop at international waters. Yeah, anywhere. Right? Anywhere, stop at really. Stop thing of international waters on the East Coast. You <clears> line up a thousand drones. You strap Simtax on them. You program them all to just disperse and they fly so low they're under the radar they're no bigger than a bird jeez dude and if they yeah. spread far enough wide enough what's to stop them right nothing that's that that's wild jesus yeah. all right let's talk about the paperclip maximizer scenario <laughs> in the paperclip maximizer scenario humans are ground up into paperclips by an overeager AI. Okay. Sounds silly. <laughs> Sergey Yudovsky, CEO of the robotics company Electronique, is concerned about automation. Okay. It's not a new concern. People have had ex existential worries about automation since the birth of the Industrial Revolution. There might even be a Mike's Mini History Lessons on the Luddite Rebellion concerning automation coming soon. Well, not not sponsored. Wait, hold on. No, it, we are. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> we it's self sponsor here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris, Electronique develops robotic process automation technology through which bots can be taught to imitate human workflow, automating and streamlining tasks. And that leads to the dreaded paperclip maximizer nightmare scenario. A thought experiment from philosopher Nick Bostrom. In the paperclip maximizer scenario, rather than AI exterminating humans out of malice in the style of popular movies like The Terminator, it happens purely by accident. Imagine an AI robot tasked with making as much paperclips as possible. It begins fulfilling its mission to the exclusion of all other criteria. In the process, annihilating all life on Earth because it didn't prioritize or understand the value of anything else just had to make paper clips so okay so like let's just say for like argument's sake i i think i understand what you're saying but just okay a robot's making paper clip but it runs out of metal right mm -hmm. and let's just say again just for argument's sake and like keep it simple it can now just use oxygen to make paper clips no that's not how this no. works what it's saying is the job of the robot is to make as much paper clips as possible Mm -hmm. It starts making paper clips. It then runs out of material. It mm -hmm. needs to find new material. So it starts making paper clips out of the desk that's next to it. 
Gotcha. It starts making paper clips out of whatever is near it. It evolves to the point where whatever is near it, it it's like a black hole, just yep. grabbing anything carbon-based and making a paperclip out of it. In Interesting. turn, killing all of these humans on Earth because it's literally turning humans into paperclips. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Wild. So remember that uh, self-driving car conspiracy theory? Mm-hmm. Well, how about this self-driving car scenario? Not really a conspiracy theory. Okay. Self-driving cars can be hacked and remotely controlled. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Forget yeah. the deep conspiracy about AI cars that we talked about before. A future in which most cars are self-driving appears to be inevitable with various semi-autonomous self-driving features available in models from virtually every major car maker and companies like Uber investing heavily in self-driving research. It's just a matter of time before you don't drive your car, it drives you. I, okay, I'm not going to lie. That statement confuses me a little. What do you mean by the car drives you? I mean you like, just sit down in the car and it just takes you wherever you're supposed to go. Oh, okay. So it's just, okay. It's just, it's just literally you literally just mean okay you're literally right. miss daisy and it's just driving you yeah so you have no control whatsoever Correct. and well and then you gotta you gotta leave the control in the hands of what like uber and any other yeah. you just tell it where you're supposed uh, to go car, and the car takes you there interesting yeah. okay but self-driving cars are more like are likely to rely on heavily uh sorry self-driving cars are likely to rely heavily on mobile networks like 5g and connected services for their smarts. And concerns about hackers taking control of cars are common amongst researchers. Wired, for example, worked with a hacker to demonstrate that an ordinary Jeep Cherokee could be hacked remotely while it was driving down the freeway. That's Which is absolutely creepy terrifying. as hell because I own a Jeep Cherokee. Oh, holy shit. Don't let them know. Yeah. You're going to get hacked. Benecki thinks that Anyone concerned about hackers taking control of a single car is thinking too small. He based his novel, Civil Terror Gridlock, on this idea. Quote, If the road has a dedicated lane for self-driving cars, you can pack them together much more closely. You can have a line of cars all going 60 miles an hour with five-foot gaps between them. That's the equivalent of hundreds of billions of dollars of infrastructure improvement without actually having to do any widening of the freeways, Benecki told Business Insider. But if a terrorist could take control of this network of cars, he goes on to say, you could have a massive high-speed pileup resulting in countless fatalities. Jeez, dude. And, and like, they get away with it, too, with just a knowledge of hacking. Yep. It's not like you have to fund it for, like, a missile strike or, like, a chemical bomb. You just it's have just... to be able to do... You have to be able to tackle a bunch of cars all at once. Jesus. That's it. <clears throat> CRISPR could be CRISPR. used to engineer a virus that insidiously infects unborn children. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's horrifying. In recent months, science news has been filled with headlines about CRISPR, and that is C-R-I-S-P-R, a technology that allows researchers to edit DNA with unprecedented ease and accuracy. Proponents herald CRISPR as a genetic tool that is now being used to remove malaria from mosquitoes, treat muscular dystrophy, and improve food. Eventually, 
CRISPR can potentially rewrite medical science at the fundamental level, eliminating genetically transmitted diseases, creating highly targeted drugs, and more. But the very features that make CRISPR so attractive to the medical researchers could also be used by medically savvy terrorists on a limited budget. Bonecki offers a terrifying scenario in which terrorists infect the water supply with a CRISPR-created virus. No way, dude. Real talk. Biological warfare scares me so much more than any other, like, conventional warfare or, like, terror attack. Like, just the thought of something, like, making you so sick over time until you die or just, like, like, or being gassed or something like that just terrifies the living shit out of me. Well, then this next quote is going to scare the shit out of you. God damn it, dude. Fuck. With... CRISPR, it is possible to weaponize the water supply. No. You could create a virus that actually modifies the human gametes in a male. People think they have the flu, then they get better. But unbeknownst to them, their sperm cells are changed, which will affect everyone's offspring. Fuck, dude. Essentially, that terrifies me so sterilizing much. Sterilizing an entire population. Right. Right. Oh, that's so fucky. Now, here's the crazy part, okay? This was actually the premise of a like an entire season of Designated Survivor, which is a What's show that? starring Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. Uh, in which he is a cabinet member, or or you know somebody in Washington, like um, a member of somebody's cabinet, and they go to Washington. Like everybody, you know how when everybody meets on Capitol Hill, one person yeah. is kept. God forbid, there's a terrorist attack, then that person would take over as president. Yep. yep, yep, yep. That was him. There was an explosion. He's now the president. Gotcha. Pretty good show. It's on Netflix. I don't like how they ended it because it was only like three Fair seasons. Enough. But they decided, yeah, this is good enough. Um, <laughs> Just cut it here. Yeah, it was weird, like the way they kind of ended it and everything was kind of weird. Um, but almost an entire season was based on Nazis like a neo-Nazi group using CRISPR to essentially sterilize non-whites. No kidding. Yep. So it was like a subplot in everything. Interesting. Yeah. Um, All right, let's move on. Deep fake videos can end political and corporate careers. Dude, these are pretty incredible. I know about these ones. I've, yeah. I've, I've seen them in action. If even. you have not heard about them, deep fakes are sophisticated video forgeries in which AI tools can replace people's faces with another person's face in a video. For the most part, deep fakes are malicious um, and often used to fabricate videos like revenge porn. The okay. technology, which is already free and easy to use, is only getting better. Speaking on that, speaking on that point... Mm-hmm there that um that, that it's only getting free and easy to use um have you seen those cameos on snapchat yes yeah like i mean i know they're not perfect but like that's pretty much it like that's the that's the freemium fun app version of it but that that literally takes your face and makes you on someone else's body and now and animates and your think, face as long as you can get close to their voice it looks like that Look at there's yeah. there's a I mean there's plenty of stuff on YouTube. Just type in deepfake, 
and yeah. you can see the uh, Ron Swanson uh, full house deep fake where Ron Swanson oh, no yeah Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson's face is on everyone including Michelle oh, that's interesting. in the intro to um, yeah. full house it's hilarious Funny. but it's also yeah. very scary I've seen the one of former President Obama where he's just it's not him but mm-hmm. like they it's they made him talk and give a speech and it was just like holy shit yep. dude all right so Matt Rahman the COO of the computer security company IO Active said he's especially interested in the dangers of deepfakes. In a few sure. years, you won't be able to tell what's fake, he said, because such video will be indistinguishable from reality. That means disinformation campaigns using deepfake could derail politicians' careers and negatively affect voter turnout for elections, as well as ferment crisis in the private sector. Okay. Quote, by the time the fake video comes out, and spreads through media outlets and publicly traded company stock can drop by several percent. While the company tries to restore credibility and investor confidence, the adversary is already making money on the company's stock. The video can cause fast and furious damage. Too fast and too furious damage. Way too fast and furious. They can cause fast furious nine or whatever is damage (laughs) since it takes a few days for the PR department lawyers and crisis teams to handle the situation. That's crazy too, because like I've I've seen conspiracies out there that they're trying to advance this technology now yep. on purpose because of like blackmail that could be out on certain people, um, and then when the blackmail comes out, they could be like, oh well, look how good deepfakes have gotten, and like how are you to be any any more knowledgeable to be like, is it a deepfake? Because like it could go both ways, right? Oh, it yeah. could be someone could make a deepfake of somebody doing something shitty. Or someone could be doing something shitty, and just say, it's and a then deep they could fake. just look at it. Oh, it's a deep fake. It's not me. And then, like, uh, how how are you gonna dispute that? And get away I, with anything, uh, right? Prove that and it's that's, not. A that's deep a fake. really, yeah. That's really scary. At what point does uh, video evidence now become unreliable? Because right now it is the most reliable that we it's have. The go to, right and now. It's getting absolutely deep faked. Yeah, now it's getting fucked with, yep. and that's that's terrifying. Absolutely. You know what else is terrifying? Hmm. Targeted advertising may become impossible to resist. Oh, God. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they're already he- heavy with this. Well, everywhere. So obviously, we're all surrounded by advertising, and it's increasingly personal and targeted. Mm-hmm. A number of technologies are converging to make advertising more effective, including digital twins, which are virtual models of consumers that are built from databases that illuminate everything that is knowable about a person from their physical attributes and demographic information to their personal preferences. And this information will only get more precise and useful to advertisers as time goes on. I'm not going to go too deep into this, but if you want, check out our database episode because we do touch on this heavily. Mm -hmm. Now, to be sure, we're still in the early days of this kind of hyper-personalized advertising. Targeted ads, for example, continue to recommend the toaster that you already bought. But Charlie Cabot, researcher lead at, I'm sorry, research lead at Privitar, said he is concerned that if trends continue, hyper-personalized advertising will become, quote, too manipulative. Quote, as AI improves and the ad models can get access to more data, the uh, the capacity to pursue you 
to buy may reach unacceptable levels. He suggested that we may be literally unable to resist this kind of advertising. Quote, just imagine what will happen when this technology is also applied to political ads. Wow, that's that's a scary thought. So basically, it would be able to find your apple of Eden, Mm -hmm. in a sense to speak. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just... Here's the most irresistible thing. You have no choice but to buy it from us like because we know Because it's all it. about data. If you yeah. have enough data on someone, you can duplicate that someone and determine what right. that someone wants. I would do, yeah. All right. It's terrifying, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. I know, dude. All right. Here's the last one. Okay. People may choose to replace limbs with prosthesis prosthesis Mm. by choice yeah this is a good one this is a good one modern prosthetics would be barely recognizable to doctors from just a generation ago today thanks Mm. to computers that are integrated directly into prosthetics that read uh, that read signals in nerve endings people with cutting edge artificial limbs can control their prosthetics essentially the same as natural arms and legs a prototype prosthesis even allows patients to feel natural sensations from the device, which enables them to walk while blindfolded, which is an unprecedented advancement in artificial limbs. Wow. That's... I was going to say, could you imagine, but, like, you don't have to because it's already... That exists. There's no imagine. That exists. Yeah. That's so... That's so crazy. All right. So crazy. In what could possibly be one of the best names ever, Hype Dang, <laughs> Senior Director of Product Management at the software firm Clylance, Silance, said he imagines that these devices will continue to evolve and improve. Eventually, some people may want to augment their body to take advantage of the technology. Yeah, sure. With, he goes on to say, With growing sophistication in prosthetics, people may decide to have elective surgery to replace fully functioning body parts. Prosthesis will continue to become stronger, more durable, reliable, and dexterous. We will reach a tipping point where an organic body will be a liability. Essentially, something like Robocop or a scene out of Star Wars or the Winter Soldier may actually be in our immediate future which would mean it's only a matter of time before someone uses that for nefarious purposes. Absolutely. I was thinking of a a scenario that was kind of, like, interesting. Like, what if you were at a crime scene and you left your prints there? And then, you know, I mean, it's it's sadistic, but you could saw your hands off and get prosthetics that are fully functional. They work. You could feel things with them. Now you have new prints. You destroyed your old hands. Or, Or... Mm-hmm. Instead, if you just plan on being a career criminal, replace your arms with prosthesis, and you don't have mm-hmm. any prints to leave. No prints. Yeah. No prints at all. Or, like, uh, it, it's also crazy because, like, imagine, like, uh, you're a roofer, right? And you fall off the roof and you break your leg and, mm-hmm. and you can't roof anymore with your with your newly healed leg. It just hurts too much and, and the job's too hard. Now, imagine just being like, all right, you know what? Take it off. Give me the prosthetic. It works better than a reg- my regular leg would, and now I can go back to work in, in six months or whatever time it would take to heal. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just – that's such a that's such a scary but cool future that, like, I like to imagine, you know? It's 
it's something. It's getting there. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, the, like the you, prosthetic thing. The prosthetic thing. I mean, there's so many applications for the armed forces. There's applications mm-hmm. for police, um, firefighters, for athletes. Like you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there's so much that could be benefited from this. But also, but there's it only a takes lot of one damage. bad apple. Like, it right. only takes right. one super soldier. Yep. To it's just a, like, there's a lot of damage yeah. that can be done. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. This was, man. uh, this was, uh, this is good. Yeah. This is a good subject matter here. Well, and so that's how we're going to wrap up this time on the Mystery in Our History podcast. Now, if you want to read more on anything we discuss in this episode, the links to all of our sources are in the description. So nice. enjoy yeah, no, this, that. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is this is something to think about. You know that I don't jump on the conspiracy train. Um, I think it's but a little. How far? I think it's a little um, far fetched. Like the the AI car scenario sure. and stuff like that. I think is a little far fetched. Um, I don't know how I feel about the twenty nine soldiers uh, or the twenty nine scientists that were murdered in japan like i don't know how i feel about that one because it's not a lot of facts it's a it's a phone call interview with someone who says they're from the cia um Mm -hmm. but all this other stuff man this is this is stuff that's happening like it's 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 already been taking place yeah and so absolutely it's just a matter of whether or not we continue down this road and this stuff happens like, right. Give it 10, 20 years, maybe. If that. And we could be there. If that. Yeah. If, yeah. It, yeah. No, you're right. Seriously. Because we're, like, we're on the cusp. Medicine is constantly being advanced. Technology is constantly being advanced at a unbelievably fast pace every day. Yeah. Every day. Every sure. minute of every hour of every day, something new is happening. And it's absolutely crazy because this stuff is plausible it's not just possible it's plausible yeah so well we hope you enjoyed this episode <laughs> we hope that uh your nightmares aren't too terrible <laughs> being chased yeah. by robots <laughs> yeah yeah sleep tight y'all don't don't uh, get too afraid and we will see you next time on the mystery in our history podcast bye see ya Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions or topics for us to cover, email us at fourguysmedianetwork at gmail.com. If you're on the go, you can subscribe to our shows on iTunes. Be sure to check out our Patreon page, Four Guys Media Network, for access to exclusive content like minisodes and more. We have a lot of goals to hit, so we can keep improving and continue providing more content ad-free. So all of your donations are greatly appreciated. Make sure you subscribe to the Four Guys Media Network YouTube channel for all of our other projects by clicking the link on the right. And lastly, if you want to watch another episode, just click the link on the left. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.